Bacteria colonized battery cells, and active chips migrated from their motherboards to populate clouds of algae. The water stirred with signals and ringtones, and the moats formed new bonds. The place was called Devil's Swamp. 1. Emergence Slosh Wednesday, March 9, 10.55 a.m. Ooh, sexy rhythm. C.J. Riley stood knee-deep in orange mud, gyrating her slender hips to the music pulsing through her iPod. You wrote this song? Eh oui. Max Potavon slapped a mosquito and shifted his shovel to his other hand. Tell me everything about Zydeco, she said, twirling and swinging her bucket. Around them, the broiling marsh stank of dead fish, and black rainbows marbled the oil-slick pools— Chemical waste sizzled among the reeds. Flush against the river, Devil's Swamp foamed like a wet sponge. Max squinted through his goggles at a distant field, where their co-workers were cleaning up a spill of hazardous toluene. Zydeco? It come from la musique creole. Little bit French, Spanish, African. Throw in some hip-hop, reggae, pinch of blues. Zydeco mix up like gumbo. As they pushed deeper into the swamp, the ground heaved and sucked beneath their feet, and the insides of their coveralls dripped with sweat. Both of them wore heavy hip boots, goggles, and gloves, and both, for separate reasons, were finding the conversation difficult. C.J. turned up her iPod. I hear accordions, right? What else? Eh là, accordion. Max suspected his pretty co-worker was patronizing him. Guitar, bass, drum... I play frotteur, that the corrugated rubberboard, make the sweet sound. C.J. liked his accent, almost French but not quite. He wore a red bandana tied over his curly black hair like a pirate. He called it a pariaka. Ooh, look. She stooped to touch a water moccasin. Stop. Max gripped her arm. Scared of a little snake? You taught me how to pick them up. Not that one. Back away, slow. She kicked the deadly snake with her boot, then danced off through the cattails, laughing. Max frowned and followed. Humps of debris had washed in from the river, and C.J. noticed a rusting white box wedged against a cypress stump. God, it's an old Apple computer. She kicked at the gutted computer in the stump, then fished in her pocket for her crumpled marijuana spliff. We can sit here. Again, Max sighted the distant crew. She knew what he was going to say. Not far enough, l'ami. They can see us. You're paranoid. They don't care what we do. She lit up and inhaled. I'd rather we smoke after the end of the day, Max said for the second time that morning. When she lifted her goggles to wipe sweat, he saw the damp rings denting her milky cheeks, and he bit his lip. She looked so fragile. Her eyes mingled all the colors a pair of eyes could be. Gray, green, blue, brown, black. And like her, they changed with the passing clouds. C.J. stubbed out the spliff. She felt grumpy and restless, premenstrual. This time of month made her want to kick her own shadow. Your music is good. You should do something with it. Max lowered his head. Suggest a home recording. For studio time, we need the Largan money. He knew she had no experience with music, but the kindness in her voice warmed him. For Max, C.J.'s presence in this Puan swamp 
was like a snowdrop in spring, something that couldn't last. They'd met on this job two months ago. They'd been lovers for six weeks. As he crashed a path for her through soggy, chest-high brambles, she asked about his lyrics, his melody, his syncopated beat. The girl had a gift for questions. He tried to speak well and to make himself clear, but the day was hot, and her attention wandered. She fanned her face with her gloves. I hate the suit. Mac shook his head. C.G., it's the rule. We gotta wear em. Mm. C.J. enjoyed the way he pronounced her initials to rhyme with squeegee, but she detested his reverence for rules. She stuffed her gloves and goggles in her pocket and unzipped her coverall to the waist. Max worried his lips between his teeth. Child, you gonna get splash in the eye. Get eye cancer. Don't call me a child. She was twenty.